Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. What's up, everybody? We are here with another Wadeless episode. I think we're going to have a bunch of these in the near future because his family is about to add. Uh, they're they're going to have a baby soon. So um, you're stuck with me and Alex for a little while, but we're excited. Um, we've done a few of these together and have a nice groove. So Alex, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Um, like you said, really excited for this one. I think with the last one we had, I don't know, it was something about just Wade wasn't around. I just, I felt like, you know, there was maybe a light in the darkness or a new darkness in a room that used to be full of light. I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> yeah, not sure. I mean, like we always talk about, you know, he's, he's a Jedi and he's, he's a rebel. It's all dark side over here. There's nothing to balance it out. It's another episode of Records of the Empire. I was going to suggest Records of the Underworld if if we did more topic of conversation into Boba Fett, but that'll be for another time. I'm down. I'm down. But yeah, I mean, what's been going on with you? How's how's your week been? It's been a good week. So you know, Wade knows, some listeners know, like I was moving um, over the last couple of months from the end of the summer into the fall and I was settled. I had left my last job prior to moving. So I moved without, you know, having employment. Um, I was just applying for a job I actually used to have a remote online writing job, a contract writing job. Um, so we're going to keep our fingers crossed for that. That way I can just stay at home, work on a more relaxed schedule you know, get my feet wet, my new surroundings, and then we'll see. I live in like a, it's a pretty touristy area because it's real, it's outdoors. It's like in the mountains. So there's like whitewater rafting, biking, stuff like that. So there's a lot of seasonal work, you know, when it's springtime and summertime. So just going to try and um, hold it down until then. But yeah, it's, it's stress-free, stress-free living. So like I nice. said, keep the fingers crossed for the job. What about yourself? Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely fingers crossed. Um, for me, it's been, you know, more of the same performance review season at work. Um, you know, what comes along with that is telling people how much of a a raise they'll get. And, you know, some people like it and some people don't, so it can be grueling. Um, other than that, I mean, it's winter, it's about to be winter here. It's freezing. We've kind of flirted with it for a couple of weeks, but it's like today was cold. Um, over the weekend, I had some, I got to have some one-on-one time with my son, um, which we don't normally, I mean, we hang out, but it was just us at the house. You know, my daughter was mm-hmm. at a friend's house and my, and, and Jess was, um, she was out with some friends. And, um, so like, what do you want to do? And I told him I had a, I had a credit for Grubhub. So we got some pizza, some wings and stuff and told him to pick a movie. Uh, and I swear to you that it was completely unprompted. I did not lead the witness in any way. 
this kid eight years old wanted to watch empire um so we put that on he loves he's always loved the uh the luke and vader fight in that movie um so we just watched it and i had a thought during it that i want i think it's it's a it's an interesting discussion that i haven't told you about um you know normally we talk through this stuff but i was thinking about how for the last you know two years three years i have felt not this pressure but i felt like every time i watch a star wars anything i have to take something new out of it like i have to i have to find this detail like oh i never thought of it that way or i never i never saw that and so i made a conscious effort to not do that and to just watch it almost as if it was the first time and i'm wondering if you have have felt like a similar pressure i guess it's not pressure but i can't think of another word i don't think you're wrong though i think pressure works um i've certainly gone into you know i want to take the the live action shows over the last couple of years, like I, I might go into them thinking a little more than I'd like to looking for something, hoping I'd find something. Um, but you mentioned something last week or the week prior regarding the return of the Jedi re-release and how I think when you were in it and I felt the same way, but you just get soaked up into these films when they're on the big screen, but it's cool that you had that experience. You know, it sounds like you had it when you're just sitting at home watching it. And that, that's just the best thing. Like I, maybe it's because we're just so well-versed with those original three or maybe the original six that we don't have to look for it per se. And the newer ones maybe seem like they're a little more reflective of like present day or more recent history. But no, I kind of, did you just feel like you got to sit down and enjoy an adventure for two hours and just not think about the Twitter backlash to it? Yeah. Yeah. Like what is, what is, you know, random Twitter handle, think about this scene right it was it was very very nice and it's honestly it's been something that i've brought up maybe the last like three four episodes um so it it might be connected but just how i think people feel like they have to know and understand every little detail and have an opinion about every little detail and that's there's that's great like that's you do that with what you love um Mm -hmm. but I really, I think that there's something to just enjoying it, you know, and watch for the details, pick those out, but then maybe sometimes go back and remember why you're here in the first place. Like, what, what is this great? Why is this great? You know, why, why do you like it? And I, and I did, I did do that. Like the Yoda stuff, I never really paid super, super close attention to it. Obviously I was familiar with it. I could tell you what happened, but I was really watching it and it was hilarious. Like it, those, the, the Yoda scenes in Empire are like, I always kind of had a disconnect. Like there's, you have uh prequel Yoda. That's like studious. He, he's a leader and mm-hmm. you know he's responsible for this Jedi order. That's been around forever. My opinion is ultimately he shares a huge share of the blame for why it fell. Um, and then you have original trilogy Yoda. That's kind of just like this crazy old man. But this time I saw them as the same person, like, because he isn't, he, he definitely is joking around and, you know, messing with Luke, but you get these nuggets of, no, that guy has trained thousands and thousands of, of Jedi. And, um, 
you just you see how pissed off he gets at Luke and um you know the the like I said the little nuggets you know what I mean it's like when the veil falls it's almost like you know whether you watch it with the context of the prequels in the back of your mind or not it's like you know who this guy is but it's like you kind of imagine yourself and maybe you know were you putting yourself maybe in your own shoes as a father thinking about those lessons with your children and how you know maybe you'll you know, you'll try and lead them one way and then eventually you just kind of have to let the veil fall and smile and be like, you know, this is how you do it, kid. And, yeah, you know? Yeah, maybe. No, definitely not consciously, but I think that there might be something to that. Um, I yeah. just, I definitely had this thought of this, every every word that he said was intentional. Like the, the messing with him, the, you know, stealing his food and stuff. It was all, he, he isn't a crazy old man. That was, that was on purpose. Like the, the, wise you know grandmaster was there the whole time in control just doing what he needed to do to to you know poke luke and see what was in there it's the subtext it's um you know it's it's being able to appreciate that knowing that there's no like live action series between empire and return of the jedi for the fans back in the day and even for us growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s like there's no connective material to fill in those gaps to tell us who this character is but yeah like in that one movie you get so much from the frank oz performance both from voice and puppeteering and just what mark was able to do like you know playing with a puppet i mean that i I, do you have you seen the behind the scenes stuff of like the hut in particular how it's kind of like more like a two-floor structure with the puppeteering like beneath the floor so everyone's kind of elevated on the stage no that's really interesting i i haven't seen any of i don't think i've seen any of the behind the scenes um for the ot except for there's that one documentary on disney plus i don't remember what it's called but oh um, the making of a trilogy i think it's i was just looking at maybe um well, so let me give you one. So when I was watching Return of the Jedi last year, again, referring to, um, or no, this year, the theatrical re-release, for me, like something I don't recall picking up on, and I don't really rewatch this one often at home, but I felt like there was so much more Vader and Emperor subtext. Like I was really like watching their early scenes, like when the Emperor disembarks from his shuttle, um, a couple scenes between Vader and the Emperor and in the Emperor's throne room. And I'm watching and thinking, there's a whole nother movie that we've missed with all of like Jesse's shenanigans, Vader's running in the background where the Emperor's just done with them. The Emperor's done. His eyes are set on the next apprentice. He's hoping it's the young Skywalker. Like I, I never really had that appraisal or that viewpoint before. But it was something about, again, like watching this movie and I let myself kind of like zoned into it and zoned out of everything else. And I just had a different appreciation for certain dialogue and just, you know, the way the camera would hang and nothing was being said as Vader and the Emperor are walking side by side. I'm like, I've done those walks with my boss and I've been the boss doing those walks with an employee when things aren't great. And just like, is this like just a bad supervisor, supervisee relationship unfolding in this movie? I don't know. I, I love when you can view things a little differently, despite the fact that we've watched these movies limitless times. Yeah. I mean, that, that brings up a thought for me of the Luke and Vader dynamic really in Empire and Return of the Jedi. I, for me, at least, 
it's always been Luke just somehow knew that there was still good in him. But if you really listen, Vader kind of gives him, you know, little hints here and there, which really, you know, you want to talk about George Lucas's dialogue writing and how criticized it is. That's some pretty damn good writing. You know, like maybe he'll say, um, it's too late for me. Why did he say that? Right. Why is it and not? That's, that's exactly what I'm referring to. Like th- that was another Vader thing. We're like, oh, this is not just the diehard Empire Vader I grew up thinking he was. Like, there's a little forlornness in him at that point, which yeah. is absent in the Vader that we see in Kenobi, for instance. Like, there's mm-hmm. none of that um, hesitation, remorse, regret that I get with the line that you just shared. Yeah, I mean, and even in Empire, I would say it's it's less than in Return of the Jedi, but um, he's trying to recruit Luke, right? And there's only there's only ever two Sith, right? I mean, maybe George didn't have that bit worked out yet at the time, but um, you know, it's it's all part of the story now. And if if there's two, you know, one and, the, and you have three, one of them has to go, uh, and it would have been it would have been Palpatine. So. Um, yeah, I mean, Luke was just listening, and that's something that I've gotten recently out of it that that's been really good. Um, I want, you know, one last note because we could probably talk about this for the episode, <laughs> but um, you know, something just has me thinking is like, does your son? I mean, he he must not be really familiar with like a lot of the extended, the extra material. He's just familiar with the films, right? Yeah, I mean, he really enjoys um, Rebels, but okay. you know, he's he's not really at an age where he's following the story too, too much. You know, he's honestly learning the characters. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, (laughs) I asked him this weekend who his favorite character was, and you'd be very happy to know that it's Han. Big Han guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Rebels. He loves Hera. So I think, I think we've got a pilot. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Wow, a non-force wielding pilot too. Yep. Okay. Yep. Nice so, picks. Um, he definitely. I mean, it's been for years now. He'll just put on one of the movies, and it usually is an OT movie. Um, That's he, cool. I think he likes Vader quite a bit. You would expect it to be the sequels, and for sure, he puts he likes those. He'll put those on, but um, like he knows. He's, he knows the details. Um, he loves, he's like his dad. He loves uh, a heavy trooper. Um, you know, I, I got to say it quietly because I don't think, I don't know if you can hear me, but I got him a heavy trooper figure for Christmas. There we um, go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he, I think he just loves Star Wars. Yeah. All of it. Well, he's having, it sounds like he's having like the best experience you could give someone especially in the 2020s with star wars like here just watch it at your leisure at your convenience when time avails and it sounds like he gets to watch it with you or watch it on his own watch it with his siblings it's over when it's over he probably doesn't think about it that much afterwards not like us <laughs> he yeah. gets to have a life <laughs> and then Maybe he returns to it it's, right it's really cool it's really cool yeah uh, well I mean, I mean talking about um what we were watching this week, I do have an off topic thing to talk about, but you were mentioning via text um, Kenobi. And were you watching like another random episode of like star Wars live action? Yeah. So we finished up empire and it was like nine o'clock 
And I'm like, dude, you want to keep hanging out? Because it normally would have been bedtime for him, but you know, it's it's special. You know, him and I hanging out. Um, you want to hang out more and and watch something else? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna pick now. Um, so I put on episode five of Ahsoka. Just was mm. feeling it, you know. Um, and he had seen clips from it because, you know, I when it originally came out, he'd be like, oh, you gotta come over here and see this. You gotta watch this. You know, and he just wasn't really, he was, he was interested in it, but you can't really take a kid from what they're doing uh, and expect them to, to really pay attention. But he did for the first time this time. And I was amazed by how, because he, he doesn't know the force, right? He knows Jedi and he knows everybody else or Sith and everybody else. He doesn't understand the force, which as a as an adult sounds like a weird thing to say but um it he doesn't understand that there's levels like there's it's like talent some people have are better with it and some people you know haven't really worked out that muscle yet and he was really intrigued by uh jason in that episode and how like how how can he hear those lightsabers like what why can't everybody else and um it was that, that was cool because that was a detail that you can get as if you're a kid, you know, you get lost in, you know, in the middle of the big fight. Um, he, we got to the clone war section and he was like, Oh my God. Um, he's not big into the clone wars. He will, I think it's just a bit too much to follow for him. And I can understand why, but you know, even then he, he saw. So when I first watched that episode, and we got Ahsoka transitioning into kid Ahsoka. I didn't recognize that at first. Like I didn't really see that it was that she had um, de-aged, I guess, until it was very clear, like face. He saw it right away. Um, mm-hmm. He goes, oh my God, she's younger. So that was a really, really cool experience. I mean, I've watched that episode probably 10, 15 times now, and it's cool every single time, but it's cool to see what he picks up on. Damn, is that the um, episode? Oh, because I'm thinking of the um, episode four ends with a really cool visual moment of Balin yeah. extinguishing the the tool. But yeah, five, yeah, that was a banger. It was a great one. And I did. I had to try to explain that to him because it's hard to jump in in the middle of a series. But yeah, that that was a really cool visual moment. And then it ends with, of course, Anakin. You know, hello, Snips. Um, yeah you know that episode it's interesting because i often want to go back to it like every week it just pops into my head but i kind of remember there's like let's say it's a 45 minute episode there's 10 to 12 minutes of not the world between worlds section that i'm like oh yeah i kind of gotta get myself into the rest of the series' plot for those 10 to 12 meager Mm -hmm. minutes but then i get to enjoy the whole world between worlds segment i find that it's kind of hard to do that Oh yeah. You know, like you, you, you get into the, you know, the Anakin Ahsoka stuff and then you're like, Oh, it's almost like a letdown when it, when it switches, but it's, it shouldn't be. I mean, it's great stuff. Yeah. That just tells you how elevated like those segments are. And it, I mean, again, like even the rest of the episode was so, so good. So I don't mean to make it sound like I didn't like it, but Oh my, I mean, I'm right there with your son, probably with how he feels seeing it and the excitement for the first time when he saw yeah. it repeat times um i haven't rewatched it that many times yet because like i said i keep 
holding back, but I got to get a rewatch of that. It might be time for a full rewatch of the the whole series. Oh, I know, but I got to do an Andor rewatch first. I Me was uh, I'm with you. I was telling Ro from Scarif from Scarif Skullbutt actually. He tweeted something about Ahsoka, um, like asking if folks were rewatching, and I said like I, I'm going to rewatch it, but I got to get Andor done first. And I haven't yeah. watched Mando in a long time. Like I haven't watched any single episode, um, probably since shortly after season three ended. So I'm trying to get that in eventually. Um, Andor, Andor's next though, for sure. Yeah. I I've been meaning to do that as well. Um, I am, I did start a Mando rewatch like a month ago and I'm on season two right now. And it's, you forget how good it is, right? Like season three, I really, really enjoyed, but after watching, you know, season one and two, Season three is not as good, in my opinion. Uh, I love season three, and I think it, the story is awesome. It, and it doesn't reflect on season three to me. It's just season one and two were that good. It, it's hard to it's hard to compete with that. Yeah, no, and that's understandable. Um, I mean, the thing is, anytime I think Mando, I just go to season two, episode one, The Marshal, right? Yeah, that was the title of the episode, the the Cobb Vanth one, because that felt like a movie. That one, like that, I think even more so than the other episodes, the first eight. That one, when it was over, I wanted to rewatch it that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love that stuff. I need to. I mean, just talking about it makes me want to rewatch it. I know I said I wasn't going to buy them on physical media, but it makes me want to buy them. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. Talking about Star Wars is tough because that's when I get into trouble. Yep. Yep. Um, something I want to talk about TV show-wise, we're going to get off topic for a second, but this is what's keeping me from watching Star Wars is the Halo TV show. So you're not you're not really an Xbox guy, right? From our like text back and forth a little bit? I'm not really a huge gamer in general. Okay, so it's just really light for you then. Is it just Star yeah. Wars then for the most part? Pretty much. Every, like I, I played a little bit of uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and I really liked that. I don't have it anymore, which is why I stopped playing it. But if I I would definitely play that if I got a if I got my hands on a copy. Uh Grand Theft Auto. Like the if they're I would call myself a casual gamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And that that's the tricky thing with Star Wars gaming, which I'll get into. But so there's a Halo series, it's on Paramount Plus. Um I've been playing Halo since Halo 2 came out. And then I went back, played the first one, got Halo 3 when it came out, when it was a big release. I was, um, if that was in 2007, I wasn't in college yet, I don't think. Um, But it's been a part of my life for a long time. But I stopped playing it when there was a few more sequels. Um, By the time I was in college, I didn't really have the time for it. So for me, this series is like, dipping back into something but i know there was a lot of backlash and now it seems like that backlash was coming from the folks who have lived halo for the last 15 years where i kind of been doing other things for that period um but i love it the series i mean it it looks like it has the scope of mando if not even like a little bigger the effects are as good as like mando season three effects i I love it. Like I'm try- like I said, I'm trying to watch Andor, trying to do Mando. Like I have to hold myself back from binging 
this Halo show in the course of a day. Like I'm trying to do an episode like a couple days at most. Hmm. Do you think that that's just something that's going to happen in any fandom that has any type of reboot or, you know, content years later is the OGs are going to hate it? Yeah, man, I had to leave a Lord of the Rings Facebook page this week because they just pick apart anything that's not the books or the Peter Jackson trilogy. I'm like, I can't. It's every other day is a post making fun of the Hobbit trilogy or Rings of Power. And it's like, I get it. That may not be like creme de la creme, but it's the stuff that helped keep me involved. That fandom, like I turned on Lord of the Rings because there's something new. Um, I don't always dip into it for the books and the original trilogy of films. Like, I don't know. I hate, I hate gatekeeping in fandom, man. It's just, it's the worst lack of open-mindedness yeah i mean we i definitely want to talk about this like yumi wade and hopefully dylan as well but like just the whole thing about like i I just don't think fans of legacy content like trek star wars name any other like big sci-fi things like in fantasy as well if it's made today and this thing has been around for 20 let alone 40 years like star wars if it's made today, it's just not for us anymore. It's not necessarily for the OG fans. Like it's for your son. It's for your son and you know, his siblings. It's for their friends at school. It's for the next generation of fans. And if we enjoy it as well, like that's great. But yeah. we have so much already that we've thankfully like that. I just, it always like frustrates me when I go on Twitter or Facebook or Reddit, which tells you I'm spending too much time on these sites or these apps anyway, but I just see people like weaponizing the newest part of content in any film series or television series against new fans of like any generation. I think, I think that it's changing a little bit from when we were kids though. Cause I remember, and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, how I always liked the prequels, but felt like I couldn't really say that out loud. Um, you know, and then one day I was just like, I like it, you know, uh, it was almost like a slow <laughs> coming out um, yeah. of, I like this, but, and then it became, I like this. And then it mm-hmm. became, I like this. I don't care that you don't like it. The things that you don't like about it, I love, um, you know, the slow burn, I guess. Um, and I think that that is different now. I don't think that people are having to go through that progression. I think that people are learning that they can just like what they like, which is a positive thing. You don't have to listen to the, um, you know, old man yells at cloud, you know, group of people. Yeah. I think for better or worse, even with star Wars now, like just to pick on that subject, um, there's like so much television so much movies. Like if you turn on an episode of Boba Fett or Boba Fett episode one, and you're a newer fan and it's just not your cup of tea because that is a weird mix of like newer Star Wars and very old Star Wars, then you can just click it off and turn on Kenobi or turn on Ahsoka or turn on Mando. Um, And I mean, again, I keep saying like how lucky I feel like I was to love all six original films and not have to, you know, think, oh, do people not like this one? Because again, it was the same thing for me. I didn't know what wasn't in vogue or say um, until now, like now we're so connected with everyone else. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no rules, right. You can, you can like whatever you want. Yeah. Um, 
before we get too far from video games, though, you had some video game news that or not news, but an update that you wanted to talk about. Yes. So I started playing Jedi Survivor about eight months late, and I love this game. Um, I didn't want to believe the hype. I liked the first game. I was late to that game also because it came out in 2019 and I didn't start playing it until the following summer. Um, But both with that game and this one, I've remained spoiler free. So it is just so entertaining. Like last night, I started playing it. Well, I I started playing yesterday afternoon and I started playing it again last night, like 730 or 8 o'clock. And I kid you not, I grabbed my phone and I was like, please tell me it's 9 45 ish and it was 12 o'clock and then <laughs> i i texted wade because i was at a part that i knew he'd like and then again like i looked it's 12 45 so i i went to bed like wow. 1 30 last night i woke up itching to play it this morning i sunk in like two hours today into the game it's so good i even i had to go to my bookshelf so this is the the making of or art book for you know, it's, it's going to be backwards for Jedi fallen order. Um, I had this like brand new unopened and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm opening it right now to show you. This is not, wow. this is not for resale. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be viewed and enjoyed this week, but man, like this, come on. How, yeah, this, that's cool. And I so love that there's little bits of this Jedi series. Like, you know, just, I was just showing listeners, um, Kevin was looking at this book that I have and the cover of it is like the Ahsoka logo, which is also like the meditation pad for Cal Kestis in the video game. Um, we're kind of seeing that same imagery now with Grogu in a few different moments. Um, I think from season two, like on the seeing stone or whatnot. Um, it's great though. Like it's, you know, the only thing holding this series back, you mentioned Red Dead. If they just go one step further and let the character make true, you know, light or dark choices and have that path, you know, like your characters do in a game like Red Dead, I think ah, that would be the beyond perfect game for me. Um, and fans could handle it. The best of fans could, because people handle Red Dead. I mean, I'm sure there's idiots who play sure. it, but people treat it and, you know, don't just rummage through the landscape in Red Dead. <laughs> like, I'm sure some people would treat the galaxy kindly in a true open world, do whatever you want Star Wars game. Yep. Unfortunately, I have not played it yet. I don't have a system that's compatible, and I don't know when that will happen. Yeah, Hopefully and they're soon. not. Is am I? Do you know? I feel like I, I might be misstating something, but they didn't even make Survivor available for like just PS4 or Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, just next gen stuff. And I have a PS4, so I have uh, I have Fallen Order, and I still I play that one every once in a while. But I think it's going to be a while before I can play Survivor. But I have remained spoiler free. I have no idea what happens. I think once you get past that initial wave, it can it, it becomes easier and easier uh, and. I don't know a single thing about it. If I saw anything, I suppressed it and I don't know. 
And it's a shame because I see people like arguing about silly Star Wars or fandom things every day on Twitter. And I'm, I get it. Not because like you're saying, not everyone has these consoles, but I wish I could just like snap my fingers and gift people the game and be like, just try this. And you might be satisfied with something that's not on the television screen yeah. in the same way that other Star Wars is. Because, man, I... It, the the game made me super super excited to chat about the Star Wars part for tonight for sure. Definitely. Well, I'm glad you got you've gotten to play it and that it's really enjoyable. I'm playing it tonight, man. Sweet. <laughs> um, some more stuff. It seems like every week there's a, a new sequel related topic, um, and this week it was Adam Driver. I couldn't tell if it was a if he was. In, like happy about it or not but you know he was he was talking about the the character arc for you know kylo ren slash ben um and how originally it was meant to be sort of not the opposite you know of vader and it, he was meant to he wasn't meant to become ben again he was gonna remain kylo ren and um you know stay on that path and that it changed. And again, he didn't really say if he thought it was stupid or if he liked it, it was just kind of was. So, um, Mm -hmm. sparked a lot of conversation online. Not really about that though. I think it just sparked some (laughs) sequel conversation. So, you know, we, I wanted to talk about sequels. I haven't really talked much about it other than comments here and there. So what did you think about what he had to say or, you know, about, him you know as a character so i've read the comments a few times and part of me thinks there's not much there um i mean i get it that jj did kind of have an outline for the character um that was supposed to be darker but even in the the exact verbiage i saw i'm like i still kind of feel like the end we got for the character worked if not maybe you know, I get it. He wasn't going to be Ben Solo. Like, maybe he would remain Kylo Ren. I don't know. Um, so I was kind of, like, nonplussed on those comments. But I love the character. Um, I think the, you know, we, you and I both picked Adam Driver when we were chatting via text. And, like, who's a, an actor that you would bring back for the Ray movie if you could wave a magic wand or wave the lightsaber and make it happen? Um And it's a shame because the hardest time I have watching the sequels is when I feel like the actors are underused. And I've seen Adam in so many other things this year. Like I watched um, Black Klansman for the first time. Um, I'm watching the movie 65, the Netflix movie. Um, Marriage Story a couple years ago. Um, There's a couple others that are escaping me. Um, But he's such a great actor when he's actually given stuff to do. And I just think, I feel like he wasn't given anything to do in nine. Like I was rewatching it about a week or two weeks ago. And I was like, Oh, like I've been on such an Adam driver high. And he's like, hardly in this. Um, Most of his dialogue comes from when he has the helmet on. So when he doesn't have the helmet, on, I'm not really enjoying that. Um, That's why I, I would love to see him again. 
You know, that's why we sure. had that combo before. I mean, you could, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the sequels as a whole. Um, I think because I was really attracted to his character arc, Ray's character arc, um, definitely those two for sure. I don't want to get too far away from topic, but I mean, what was your reception to those comments from him in the interview? Well, aside from not really getting a feel for how he was feeling, I don't think it really told us anything that we didn't already know. Uh, We didn't, I guess we didn't know what direction was originally intended for um, Kylo Ren, but I think we kind of know that the sequels didn't have a, a linear laid out plan for all three movies. I think maybe JJ had one originally, but they definitely didn't stick to it. Um, so it's, it's not really a surprise or news to me that they started one way and ended another way. And to me, that is the main problem that I have with the sequels. Now it's almost compartmentalized for me with those movies, because from a story standpoint, I don't really like them. I don't think that they told a compelling story. Uh, I don't think that they told really a complete story. I think it was rushed. Uh, I just, I don't think the execution was there, but I like a lot of the characters. Uh, I like almost all the visuals and you know, I don't necessarily disagree with some of the, the main, like the things that people have issues with. Like, I definitely don't think Luke was great. I don't have a major problem with, with Haldo. Um, you know, I think that they kind of mismanaged Leia a little bit, especially in, in, you know, Rise of Skywalker. But my favorite thing for sure is Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. I think that he nailed that character and I agree with you about Rise of Skywalker. However, I think his transition into Ben was masterful. It is almost, the, it, it reminded me of the way Hayden can switch between Anakin and Vader just by his face. Um, and I think, I think Adam Driver did that really, really well. You know, you watch the the scenes when he's Ben and he seems like he's, he's more, chipper almost and he doesn't seem like he's fighting something so i i did i did like where they ended up with it uh i did not agree with the the whole angsty teenager issues that people had unironically you know as if as if we hadn't gone through that with hayden as anakin you know the same conversation mm-hmm. um i didn't agree with that um, I, I think that that was actually pretty good writing. You have to, he's a character that from the beginning had conflict and that's what happens when you have conflict, you kind of flip flop, maybe act emotionally. So I think that that made a lot of sense And his execution in all three movies, I thought was fantastic. My favorite, uh, was last Jedi, which is my least favorite of the sequels, probably my least favorite of the entire, you know, nine movies. But Kylo Ren in that movie, I wanted that's I wanted him to go like all in and crazy, you know, dark side. And um, we got that, especially on the, the Battle of, of Crate. Really well executed there. I I could so easily um, get off topic into just one movie, but um, 
with the last Jedi. So I, I want you to think on this and we'll talk about it in the future, but you know, I think about that movie a lot because it's actually one of my favorite of the nine Skywalker films. Um, but I'm well, well versed with his critiques, both those I, um, I think are really genuine and authentic and come from a good place from fans. And those I think are silly and don't come from a good place. Um, but one of which is, I feel like it's two different movies. I feel like The Last Jedi is an amazing Ray and Kylo movie. And then there's another movie that takes place with everyone else that I don't care for as much. And the intersection of those two movies is very minimal. Um, that makes a lot of even, sense. It's even comical if you consider there's a deleted scene um, from the Battle of Crate where... I think after Ray initially leads the ties away with Chewie and the Falcon, they come back around and, or maybe it's at the beginning, like they see, um, they see the mirage of like Luke getting blasted, I think. And then they go, Oh, let's come back later or something. It's like a little cheeky Ryan Johnson humor. Um, but I'm like, yeah, these, these plot lines, at least for Ray don't really overlap at all. Um, and like, again, the moments on crate, the moments on the supremacy, everything between Ray and Kylo, I love. Um, and visually, those are amazing moments. But yeah, next time, if you give any time to the movie, think about it as like two different movies happening simultaneously. Because another weird critique I have of it is, or a critique that I understand if anyone makes it, is when it ends, it feels more like a trilogy ending than the second film of a trilogy. Hmm. And that's really sure. hard to follow up on, I think. Yeah, I mean, you saying that, I think I, I think I agree with that. I think it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, again, with the compartmentalization, I do enjoy watching those movies. And, you know, you had asked a question for, you know, and for us to discuss that really was, I, I wanted to discuss it anyway. So it was really good that you, you mentioned it. But from a story standpoint, they're not my favorite. But from a nostalgia and, you know, just, I'm just going to watch this. You know, I'm going to watch this movie. I really do like them. Um, I was in such a weird spot in my life. The, you know, the, when the first one came out in 2014, I think, um, was in college. And, you know, I had just left home. I eventually went back home, I think, as a lot of people our age do. Um, that was the beginning of my friendship with Wade. And so I was, I was very new into, you know, being an adult. And then the last Jedi came out and I had, um, I'm pretty sure the last Jedi I was back. I was back home and, you know, single, but maybe not. It, it would have come up right when, right around the time I started talking to, um, my wife. And so that was just a very, I don't know. I don't think I've ever talked to you about it, but my wife and I moved very quickly. So we, we had known each other for our whole lives. She's two years older than me. Our families were friends. She came and visited me in the hospital when I was born. Now we weren't like best friends our whole lives. We just kind of knew of each other and, you know, stayed in touch. We, by the time we started dating, it was only like six months before we were married. Um, so you can imagine the shock wave, you know, that, that hit our lives, you know, 
we were young and so life changed very quickly so then by the time rise of skywalker came out i was in a you go from point a to point b big big difference so you know i watched those movies and it almost takes me back to those times you know i went and saw rise of skywalker with her um i'm pretty sure now we were together when when the last jedi came out because i remember going to see rogue one with her at at the at the theater so um we would have seen those movies together and they they just represent to me a time in my life where honestly i don't have a lot of memories um so the the ones that i have are good so it where i was in my life it's i would say it's more about where wasn't i because i was so so many things happened i went from at the start just barely out of the house you know i had making basically minimum wage working full-time being a college student to at the end married with two kids living in another part of the country so i do i do enjoy watching those movies and now the added element of my son enjoying those movies and that's his star as much as he likes the original trilogy that's his star wars so um it's it depends on what specifically you're asking me you know about the sequels because i i do love them but i also have opinions that might not indicate that i like them i i can't wait to share my spiel because our experiences are so similar in concept yet different different execution um so the last thing you said um it, it makes me wish i could just see these movies again 20 years after they came out like i wish i could go to the 20th anniversary of force awakens 20th of tlj 20th of rise of skywalker like hopefully they put these things in theaters again um and I want to see, I wish I could imagine, maybe that's a segment we'll have to do. Like what, what are people saying about these movies 20 years after they've come out? Like have things turned, has the tide turned for TLJ? You know, now it's going to be 10 years after the Ray movies probably come out. Like, what do we think about rise of Skywalker? Has anything been retconned for the better, but here's, so this is my version of that. And first of all, that, that was like a, a great history there. Um, that's really, that's really, that's a cool story. By the way, your Christmas card Thanks. came. My family loved it. I actually I put it on our kitchen table. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> because I live with my parents and my mother's like, oh my God, yeah, such an amazing, cute family. They're beautiful. So now it's on the pod for Thank everyone you. to hear. Yeah. Yes. Um, you have something coming in the mail starting tomorrow. So we'll see if it makes it on time. Um, so for me, I, so we were both in school at the time. I was in grad school. I was living in Alabama and I'd grown up in Connecticut, went to undergrad in Connecticut, moved for grad school to Alabama. Um, my parents as an only child, they, you know, we're really cool. We're really tight. We really couldn't be that far away from each other. So my parents moved from Connecticut to Florida. Um, so they were in a part of Florida that was like three and a half hours away from me instead of being a, 23 hour drive or a couple plane flights away. Um, and thankfully it worked for their jobs at the time. So anyway, you know, <laughs> this is crazy. I can't believe I'm saying this at the time I was living with an ex-girlfriend. We had just broken up probably in October of 2015. 
And then in December, we're still living together because we had just redone a lease in July of that year. And we, it was an amicable, as amicable as possible, I guess, for young adults in their 20s. Um, so we're still living together. Let's go see this movie. And I, I don't even know how to even conceptualize like the Star Wars of it all just wraps me up in forgetting that I even had that experience, which is so weird. <laughs> um, and again, like I'm, I'm in a different place. I'm, you know, with someone that I'm not going to be with to see the next movie. Um, so that's 2015, 2017 is a couple years post-grad. Now I'm living in New York um, about a hour and a half north of the city, but not really middle of the state, New York. Um, I'm working at a different college. I go see The Last Jedi with a bunch of work friends after a work event, like the week it comes out um, in this, like one of those small private theaters and the audio sucks. There's oh. like a fan going on or a, an AC that keeps clicking on for 10 minutes off for 20 um, again, it's a small private theater in the middle of just nowhere, New York. So nothing's that great about it. The worst experience to have for a new Star Wars movie in Brutal. the 21st century. I, it, it's unbelievable. What a way to set that movie up. <laughs> anyway, then move on to 2019. I've moved from New York back to Connecticut and started new i left i was working education now i'm working in retail so every movie i'm in a different state with a different person or with no one at all um different employment i these movies are it's ironic that every st movie is like different from the last one because my mm -hmm. life was very different it's the same <laughs> for me movie. yeah and I, that's why I say, like, I also want to go, you know, 15, 20 years in the future with these films so I can have that nostalgia for those three crazy stories I told you of going with an ex I was living with. And by the way, the mixed company of The Last Jedi I went with, I was started dating someone from that group of people. It's a, I have all these weird <laughs> seeing Star Wars stories that I look forward to looking back on fondly. Um but what a weird cadre of stories with such a, you know, weird trilogy of films. What about Rise of Skywalker? Um, so actually, this will lend itself to the tradition part that we're going to get into. But okay. so I saw Rise of Skywalker with both of my parents, and that was my mother's first Skywalker film in theaters, actually. Um, so I'm going to have very fond memories for the rest of my life of that opening crawl. Like, do you, yeah. do you have a particular memory from each of the sequel trilogy films that you'll remember from theaters? Um, the one that sticks out the most Wade's told this story, but when we went and saw the force awakens on opening night, um, it was our first theater experience i mean i had seen revenge of the sith but i don't remember it i was i was young um i, I just went with my family because we were going to the movies and when that when we when you see the lucasfilm logo and a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and then it and then the opening crawl starts um i do remember that and you know it was you know holding back tears like this is amazing and trying not to let wade see that 
that I was having an emotional reaction. And then I learned that he was doing the same exact thing. Um, so I, I definitely remember crying. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, these days I would just let it happen. Yeah. And, you know, Rise of Skywalker, I don't really have much for The Last Jedi, but for Rise of Skywalker, I remember... So for the the for the last two, I went and saw it with my wife, and that is that's a tradition that I hope to keep. It's kind of up to her. I'm going regardless. Um, we'll see if she wants to. But Rise of Skywalker, I remember we were like right up on the screen, like we were like looking straight up, and I couldn't see what was happening over here unless I looked. And um, so I, I remember having that experience with her, and we still we still loved it. Um, but in terms of tradition, that would be it, seeing it with her. So my tradition, despite what I just said, so that The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, or I'm sorry, The Force Awakens was my second viewing. So prior to that, um, I've luckily seen most of the Star Wars movies in theaters with my dad. Um, actually, I put sort of the list together Um so I didn't forget, but um, he took me to see Return of the Jedi for the special edition re-release in 97. And then I saw like all of them in theaters. And then I saw Empire and Return of the Jedi, thankfully, because of the anniversaries. So the last one on my to-do list is A New Hope. But beyond that, mm. um, my dad and I have seen them all together. The Last Jedi was the only one he and I didn't see first together. Um, I did go see that with the work friends first, and then he and I saw it a week later. And my mom, she's been able to see Solo and Rise of Skywalker in theater. So hopefully the tradition we keep moving forward is I'm able to take my parents and whomever I'm with at the time like to go see them. Um, definitely seeing them all you know, with my fathers we've done already has been you know really, really cool. Um, and it's, it's just a tradition now where I just, no matter what course the films take, I mean, they have to get crazy out of this world bonkers for me not to imagine being there opening week with my parents, yeah. you know? For sure. I mean, I, another, you, you met, you bringing up solo reminded me because I didn't really think of those two um, anthology films. I remember seeing rogue one with Jess and, she's not into star wars the way that i am um i wouldn't even i wouldn't even say she's a casual fan she knows the movies and i talk to her about them sometimes but she really enjoyed rogue one um uh, like we we will still watch that one together every once in a while maybe once a year um but i remember that one was one probably and i can't believe i forgot about it because it probably is the coolest star wars experience that i've had with her like the hallway scene and I, I think it was just a really good story that that she liked, and because she liked it so much, it adds another layer of, you know, enjoyment for me when I watch that movie. People love that movie, man. It's I, a great movie, dude. I can't recommend that enough. That I've I've done that on a date before. We've watched Rogue One, and then she loved it, and she wasn't a Star Wars like she actually really loved it. Um, she didn't become a Star Wars fan, but it's great for casual or just you know everyday people that makes us sound like we're not everyday people but just not star wars people i guess i don't know yeah um yeah and that's why these films are important though like that's it's the memories like this is these stories um right. you know this is why we keep coming back to it um 
you know, do you want to talk the Ray film a little more? Because I have, I kind of, I took a couple notes to run past you. If you want to use some time and talk Ray, like that movie. Let's do it. Um, so we did kind of talk last week about it, but I, like, while I was kind of preparing a little while ago, I was looking into this movie a little more. Um, so I'm not familiar with the director nor the writer, but did you watch the show Peaky Blinders from Netflix? No, it's, it's one of those shows that's kind of eternally on my watch list that I just never get around to, but I do want to. Same. I, I mean, that's my story as well. Mr. Robot <laughs> is another eternally on the watch list and just hasn't happened yet. Um, so Peaky Blinders has Cillian Murphy, which, I mean, everyone loves him if they didn't already from Oppenheimer. Like it's, yes. it's all I see people talking about and I'm sure it's well-deserved. Um, but I bring him up or the, the writer of uh, Peaky Blinders, actually, Stephen Knight is the writer of this movie um that i just learned for the first time this week i might have seen something about that but again i'm not familiar with peaky blinders from viewing it so i might just have to start it so i can kind of get a little familiarity with this guy's tone you know sure um so while he's writing it the director this has been out for a while but again someone that i'm completely unfamiliar with uh charmine obai shinoi um, if that is the correct pronunciation. Um, but she's actually a Pakistani director who focuses, um, well, has focused a lot of her career on gender inequality against women. And I was shocked to see that because anytime I see this director's name, all I see in parentheses is Miss Marvel. So I assumed that they wrote and directed the show. Nope they directed two episodes and that's great. I'm happy for them that they directed it. I'm unhappy with all the people who have reported on this movie and this director and have not reported on the fact that they've won two Academy Awards, seven Emmys, have an incredibly long, well-respected career, if not domestically here internationally. Um, and they're only 45 years old. And if everything you know holds to form, she'll be the only female director star wars has had um which i think will be pretty cool and especially for a film that's focusing you know on ray skywalker um so do you have any thoughts i mean is that kind of news to you it's definitely news to me i didn't know that we had gotten any more info about the the film um it makes me more excited it sounds like they've got the the right people working on it more than one person um you know i i i like I it this stuff you know the last couple of weeks of info that we've gotten about the the film make me feel like it's being cared for, which is really, in my opinion, one of the things that really went wrong with the sequels. They seemed like factory produced in mm-hmm. in in some ways, uh, and it, it seems like this movie is not going to be like that, and it's going to be a good story. Yeah, and I I, mean, I was kind of getting to this point in the last two episodes, but I feel like this is the last chance for the character of Rey. I think for Disney to make this character work the way that they expected her to, or the way that not just Rey, but the sequel trilogy characters were sold to a lot of fans as, I, I mean, I recall the verbiage being that 
this trilogy was going to set up these characters for their films, like for the next storytelling, for the next saga. Mm -hmm. And then it became as much about saying goodbye to the original trilogy characters as much as setting up new characters. Um, So I really want to see the execution of that now. Like, all right, you know, we've gotten the setup. Like, I want to see it. Um, But Ray is a huge investment for Disney, like for Lucasfilm um, with the parks, with the merchandise. Like, I... You know, I think Grogu take or takes away from that a little bit. That Ray was really the thing, you know, for Disney Star Wars, and you can see that in the the marketing of the Force Awakens, especially, obviously. Um, so I'm really excited for something that's going to focus on her. Um, now, I'm sure you're familiar with like the comments about the story, specifically Daisy saying something to the effect that she's excited and that the story isn't something she expected. Now, I bring that up because a lot of folks keep saying and thinking that this is going to be a New Jedi Order type film, like setting up the New Jedi Order. We've spoken about that. Now, because that seems like the lowest hanging fruit and like the first thing to grab, maybe Daisy's comments said some line the fact that that's not what we should expect. I mean, do you have any thoughts? Like, you know, what, what, what do you think? What comes to mind for me... I'm not really good at predicting stories. What's going to happen? As we saw, speculation station. I'm not good at it. I mean, <laughs> that's why Wade beat me so bad on on Mando Bingo. And you know what? Uh, I'm not trying. I'm not going to give him any credit here because I said that from the beginning <laughs> that I was going to be really bad at it. So his win over me is like a MLB player that beats a T-ball player. Like, uh, <laughs> duh. Um. So, Wade, if you're listening, and I know that you are, I'm not giving you any credit for that. Um, I'm glad that she's saying that because what it makes me think is it's not going to be like The Force Awakens was, which is a movie that I love, but it was too similar to A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so how I interpret those comments is her saying, it's not going to be like that again. Like you don't know what to expect here because it's a new story. Yeah. And I, I hope think aspire, I aspire for this film. Um, I hope it's more in the lines of TLJ and that it was just something new and, you know, Mm -hmm. not in the way that it's going to be divisive, but just something that, you know, I think visually TLJ was a little different because like you said, TFA was more, a lot of things we've seen just now in the 2010s and not in the, you know, 70s and 80s version or the late 90s, early 2000s version of it. Um, I mean, dude, I'm just, I'm super excited. I, I was really thinking about this film more tonight because I keep thinking about, in my notes, it's always female friends. It's female mm-hmm. friends, question mark, because I feel like Ray needs a friend. And you mentioned a part of TLJ that you didn't, mind as much as other folks and i'm trying to like you know paraphrase you a little bit so please correct me um but the whole do of it all as like leia needed a female friend she's another character that hardly spoke to another female in the entire original trilogy um and i I was thinking i was like i want ray to have like a female friend in this movie but the hard part is she spends like no time with anyone who's not leia in the sequels but Credit, I'll have to find the article who wrote this, but credit to this person who thought of someone I didn't think of, but 
um, when I was thinking of who could they bring back, like who's a minor character that's just as continuity for the fans without wasting time on establishing a new character, my mind was like um, Rose Tico, uh, you know, Lieutenant Connix, um, you know, Billy Billy Lord's character. Um, but this person wrote Maz Kanata, and <laughs> I was like, I so, so hear me out. There's, there's, I'm going to send you a deleted scene of when Maz was supposed to have force abilities in the Force Awakens. If you're familiar with that at all, no, yeah, I'll no, send I have you that. not seen that. Um, so that's not related to why I want to see her, but ever since Andy Circus came back to Andor, like in the flesh and not as Snoke. I was like, we need to get these other actors who have either been under makeup or under visual makeup, visual effects makeup, and get them on screen. And uh, Lupita Nyong'o is one person I would love to do that. I mean, she played Maz. She gave you know voice to Maz. She did the motion capture for Maz. Um, if you're familiar with her, she's in the Black Panther films as Nakia. But I, oh my God, I would love for... Lupita Nyong'o to come back to Star Wars in a completely original character um, with Rey if we're not going to see another returning character from That would be cool. Yeah, I love Maz. Yeah, or Maz. Like, just, I don't know, something kooky. If it's not like a a setting up the New Jedi Order, like if Rey's just on an adventure, um, I mean, give her someone we've seen before. I, I don't know. I... I'm not making this movie, but I, I'm I'm just making my stupid expectation wish list <laughs> years in advance. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wanted to bring up the Ray thing because of the director note, because of the writer note. Um, you know, I think this movie is really going to be well handled, like you said. Um, it seems like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that's that's all I have for Ray. But yeah, I mean, I, I listen. Once once we get to the opinions, once we get to uh, what is it the the forced opinion? You guys can call it. Yeah, we can call it the last opinion, <laughs> the rise of opinions. Um, I'm excited for those. We need to deep dive soon on these movies. Yeah, I'm. I think that the time between uh, the trilogies is going to be a good thing because I think, at least for me, I don't know how open Wade is. To watching those movies but i i feel like i'm go i'll go into them with an openness to like you know maybe it's been a little while since i've watched i've watched them individually um but watching them straight through you know sometimes it can create a different experience and it's been a few years maybe i'll like them a little bit more yeah and um you know i didn't bring this up when we were just talking about these movies but i can't help but forget that you know, with Disney pushing a lot of these to December, and I know that might change with the new ones. Um, but I kind of like having the nostalgia now that these were kind of like Christmas movies in a way for me and my family. Yeah. You know, we saw them, you know, before or around Christmas, because I think these all came out beforehand. So we probably saw them, you know, Christmas Day or the day after Christmas, something like that. So um, sure. that's going to be a fond memory to have. But yeah, this movie, that is another note I did make. This movie... Um, Folks think this will be in the May twenty sixth, two thousand or May twenty second, two thousand twenty six slot. If nothing changes, so we'll see. When are they going to do a May fourth release? Like you, you can't, you can't lob it up any better. I wanna, I wanna, I'm taking time away from the pod to look at 
<laughs> so May May the fourth, two thousand twenty-six. May oh, it's a Monday. We need to find Who there's cares? going to be May the fourth that's on a good <laughs> good box office day. Yeah. Or at least who, who really week, cares though? At, at least at yeah. least the week before. Like make it if if May fourth is Monday, make it May first so you can have the long yep. weekend and make yep. it a May the fourth thing. I don't know. Think about Look the promotions. The we have the ideas. And this one's not even like rocket science. It's not even big brain <laughs> stuff. They like they could they can figure that one out very easily and make it work. Has a series did did Kenobi start on May the fourth? I don't think so. I think that we got visions. Or was that hmm. this past year? I, I know I think we got is, it's only for the merchandise now. I the... well we definitely got Visions Volume Two on May fourth. I think they did the same thing the previous year. I don't remember. I mean it's it's hard to know, but they 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 do small things on May fourth. You know, I tell you, if um, again, this is going off the speculation that the 2026 movie slot holds for Star Wars. Um, I think the next celebration is the year before the Japan celebration is 2025. I think, yeah. So you can imagine. I mean, that's going to be a big trailer debut. Yeah, um, I hope so for that thing. And Hey, you know, one last thing, or we can keep talking sequels, but something that I always feel is disingenuous is the fact that, and I'm not a trailer person, but when that trailer came out, the celebration trailer, it seemed to be loved universally. And the fact that Ian McDermott was on stage at celebration and the fact that like the emperor speaks in the trailer seemed to be really well received. So I, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of disingenuous for a lot of people to hate the emperor coming back. If And I get it. I guess it's the execution of it. But I, I have been kind of dumbfounded to reconcile pre the rise of Skywalker, the emperor of it all and post the rise of Skywalker. Just if you just go YouTube, like celebration rise of Skywalker trailer. And I get it. It's the celebration audience. It's the star Wars audience, but that same audience seems to be the folks who will tear it apart. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I haven't, I haven't thought about that or seen that. So I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking at my notes real quick. And I just want to see, I want to miss anything sequel related or whatnot. Do you have anything else you really wanted to hit for, for us this week? No, I think, I think that I covered everything that I wanted to and had some good conversation that went, places i didn't think it was going to which is always a good thing yeah um well the, all right let me let me put one other thing out there we should do like one 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 final note star wars are not related i mentioned this last week um something my dad and i are watching when we have time is ewan mcgregor's long way round docuseries um and it's on apple tv i watched it a couple years ago on on some horrible quality like secondhand site when <laughs> Apple Plus or Apple TV like wasn't really around yet, um, so now I'm watching it in HD, and there's a cool companion book that I'm kind of slowly reading with it. Um, but this series is just Ewan, like just no 100% fully transparent. It's him in the flesh, like human Ewan, if that makes any sense. Um, it actually made me 
wish that the Kenobi series was different because you get to see Ewan at his highest of highs and lowest of lows. Um, and it almost made me wish that the folks who directed the series, like episode by episode, watched it to really see like this man when he's out traveling across the world, like on his own journey, literally crossing deserts with one of his closest friends. Um, I I see so many different sides to him. So if you're a fan of Kenobi, the show, Kenobi, the character, Ewan McGregor, the actor, like I cannot recommend trying to find this show long way around um, from Apple Plus, whether you find like YouTube clips of it, but it's a really cool non-Star Wars, but Star Wars watch. Like Star Wars almost never comes up, which is really cool. Yet it's, I think the first uh, docu-series is set in like 2002 or maybe 2004. Hmm. So it's prime filming for Star Wars. or No, it must have been between The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Um, so it's like a non-Star Wars appreciation of Ewan. But sure. that's my that's my thing for everyone to maybe check out um to close the pod do you have anything awesome no if if you're still listening to us an hour and 10 minutes later thank you we had fun and hope you enjoyed it we're cutting 10 minutes of jibber jabber we'll give him a solid hour (laughs) cool (laughs) all right well here we will close it out so everyone thank you for listening kevin thank you for leading the podcast um this is records of the empire with you this evening I'm Alex. He's Kevin. We're signing off. Wade is expecting a child. We'll see him when we see him. Wish him well online, folks, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.